You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Mavericks. No, because they didn't start the clock. I'd, I went I went through my DVR. I went frame by frame. The dude was literally on the tip of his toe leaning backwards when they started the clock. He caught it, turned, turned back on one leg, faded away, and then the clock started. There's no way he could get that off in one second. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by the fired-up editor of The Smoking Cuban and writer at Mavs.com, Isaac. You a little mad about that LeBron shot tonight? <laughs> the LeBron shot should not have counted. So as soon as I'm putting that beginning second, part in the podcast, one second, there's one second. There's no way you can catch the ball, turn, like gather ball, turn one foot, fade away, shoot it in one second. There's no way. I went frame by frame on my DVR. I went back, paused it. He caught it. He turned. He faded away on one one foot. Then the clock started. You, further proof when the ball the, the ball the buzzer goes off when the ball is almost past the halfway point at the rim like there's no way and that that's how I'm like there's no way somebody get like so everybody was everyone is saying that that looked exactly like the Christian Leitner shot the the yeah. Duke against Kentucky shot and it was it looked you know kind of like that yeah. There was 2.1 seconds left when Christian Leitner <laughs> hit that shot. Makes so. totally sense. And here's the thing. It's still great execution. What are you doing, Tom Thibodeau? You have three defenders what on is- this side of the court. That's what I was what? saying. There's one second. Let them play. have a campfire powwow on that side of the court, Gosh. and you just tell your five players to stay on this side of the court. What? Why, also, are they okay. guarding, why are they face guarding somebody on the opposite end of the court? You have Isaiah and JR that are at three-fourths court, and you have Taj Gibson. Well, first of all, why is Taj Gibson guarding JR Smith on, on at three-fourths court? And then Jeff Teague is guarding <laughs> guarding Isaiah at three-fourths court. Carl Anthony Towns is guarding the inbounds pass, which I guess kind of makes sense. But wouldn't you want your longest guy over where somebody's just going to get a catch and shoot? Like, He's not going to be able to make a move. Now, LeBron made a move, but you kind of pointed out why he was able to make that move. He made a move in one second. (laughs) He sure did. (laughs) He's otherworldly, Isaac. But then you have have Jimmy Butler face-guarding LeBron James, who had already gone off and had a triple-double that – you know, like the guy was on fire. He's made shots like this before. Remember the Wizards game a couple years ago where he hit that like crazy yeah. leaner. And you have not, not to mention that, that Jimmy Butler is a good two inches shorter than LeBron James, so he can get a shot up over him. Yeah, which he did. And his two plays before that were that. were spectacular. The block, crazy. Even the drive to the basket, like right past Wiggins, like solid plays. Like I mean, he's the best plan of the game. So, like, wouldn't like, you rather not guard the inbounds pass and then just double LeBron with Towns? Yeah, wouldn't you rather just keep all five players on that side of half court and say, you know, if somebody wants to catch it 50 feet away from the basket and heave it, go for it? Like, so stupid. It was a anyway. pretty good setup, though. I'll give Ty Lue credit. That was a really good setup. You have Corver and LeBron, 
and it's basically just two on two over on over near their basket, and then you have Isaiah and, and J.R. Smith that were inexplicably guarded at <laughs> three fourths. So you got all this space for LeBron. If there's five players on that court, that side of the court, he couldn't have made that move. Yeah, that's true. So. And it was funny. I saw a video afterwards of LeBron celebrating, and he ran to his bench and ran right past Isaiah. He and hugged. Isaiah's like Didn't jumping he? up and down, like trying to <laughs> hug him, and he he didn't hug him. He thought he was still asking for the ball. <laughs> All right, today is uh, the trade deadline, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're recording this at 10.15 p.m. Central Time. So if you're listening to this, stuff probably has happened by now. There's just a lot of stuff going on. Uh, so we're just going to get right to it. we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about today. There is an Eddie Sefko article that literally dropped like five minutes before we were about to start recording that had all this stuff in it. So we are really excited to get to that. Uh, Eddie's definitely plugged in. He's with the team right now. And so we will talk about that. Uh, also, Lou Williams signed an extension today that we will get to because I think that affects the Mavericks in an un, you know, sort of an unconnected kind of way, like in uh, a roundabout way. Then we're going to name a couple players that we hope will be on the Mavericks at the end of the trade deadline. And then uh, Isaac got some flack for a Toronto trade, and I don't know if we'll get to it today, but uh, he flack. Okay, you got destroyed on Reddit, just absolutely like destroyed. Oh, oh yeah, because there's a lot of like credible people on Reddit. So, well, there, I'll get, to, I'll get to the, let's, let's get that first. Okay. So Isaac, get it out there. Like, let's, I, first we'll, of all, I never, okay. We'll get it out there. So somebody, two different people tweeted at me or sent to me, would this be considered a Satnam shame? And so they sent it to me and your trade, your trade was Wes Matthews, Salah. Satnam from what side? Just, just, just tell me the trade. And then people just ask me, is this considered a Satnam shame? Oh, is Wes and Salah for Valanchunas? Did I say it right? You did say it right this time. Valanchunas. Oh, my gosh. Norman. If this would have been a podcast and they would have heard it and they would have heard you say this trade, one, and then also would have pronounced his name Valanchunas, we would have just been done. Like, they would have just gone to the reviews and given us one star and we never would have seen the end of it. I don't care it. about those people on Reddit, though. You do. Valanchunas, Norman Powell, uh, Bruno Caboclo. Caboclo. Boclo. I should know this. He's Brazilian, but and then uh, a future first round pick in 2020. So this trade's getting killed on Reddit because first of all, Norman Powell signed an extension and he can't get traded until the summer. Okay. <laughs> so there's that, which I didn't know that, but all these Raptors guys were coming out of the woodwork uh, saying that that's what happened. They also were saying if you guys well, think- you could switch out Norman Powell. I mean it's they were also saying, if, if you guys think your fake trades are bad, look what they're smoking over in Dallas. <laughs> that was the title that they posted on Reddit. And then, so, every, then everybody was like, well, the site's called The Smoking Cuban, so there's your answer. <laughs> well, here's my thing to them. When they're in the playoffs, and if they ever do make it to the finals, shout out to Raptors, tell me how much Valanchunas is going to play in the finals. Because he's not. Like, that's that's the whole thing of, or they, even against the Celtics, or even against have the they Celtics. been listening to podcasts for the past year? Every single podcast that ever talks about Raptors and trade, yeah, and, and trade stuff, they talk about how they can't shed, shed that money. Have fun, have fun paying Valanciunas sixteen million for the next two years, seventeen million two years after this. I, so like, 
Like he's he's gotten better though. Like I read a, an article from the Athletic. I think it was Eric Kareen who pointed out like he's added a three point shot to his game. He's been you know definitely been trying to add stuff to his game, and it's you know he's he's not he's not a Tristan Thompson level like bad salary at this point. I mean, he's still a starter for them and he's not just like a Zaza starter for them. He's like a he's like a legit starter for them. But your point is correct in that he wouldn't play against the finals. I don't think he would play against the uh the Celtics. Uh you look at some other teams, he would play against the Wizards, he would play against the the Bucks probably. You know, you just go down the go down the list. Uh, but the other thing is see, you're giving up if you're the Raptors, you're giving up a starter and I don't okay. know how they necessarily replace it. You're giving up a starter uh, a bench player who's gotten some DMPs recently in Norman. Are you Powell. talking about Norm, Norman Powell? Yeah, look but at his numbers this year. His trash. Yeah, they're they're down. They're definitely down. But his like the Raptors' biggest strength right now is their depth. Like their depth really really matters, and they need guys you know to come every single night. Now in the in the playoffs, again to your point that like <laughs> the rotations are are limited you only go like eight or nine deep and they're right now going 11 guys deep so you're not, you're not gonna be able to do that so if you get rid of you know one bench player what's that gonna you know, do for you uh that's West, what i'm saying like they're not gonna be playing you know some of these young guys when it comes to playoffs yeah i just don't think that the, the pick plus a starter plus a bench player just basically for west and then you know salah only one year so eastern conference finals and the finals what what's a better lineup Replace Valanciunas with West West Matthews. Yeah, we're just also way higher, and I guarantee they've never watched a, a Mavericks game this year. So they yeah, they all fine. they all I think mean, that Wes is terrible and that he can't play. Yeah. And we know he can play defense and he can shoot threes, and that's all you need to know. <laughs> I, I can't, uh, man. I can't wait for the playoffs now. Which I mean, Nick, well, they're not gonna said, they're not gonna see it because Wes isn't gonna be there <laughs> unless they trade him. No, yeah, yeah, Wes ain't gonna be there. But I just can't wait for the playoffs when Valanciunas is sitting on the bench and you're like, hey, you make. 15 16 million dollars <laughs> when uh Dwayne Casey Dwayne Casey pulls the Ennis Cantor and says can't play him can't play him <clears throat> yeah because they're best lineup because like what I put in the piece and yeah I put Norm Powell in there but I mean you could switch him out it, the idea was the same basis of a Joakim Noah type trade look at a team that wants yeah, to push he's just now. not Joakim no 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 it's it's the basis of a team that wants that has a bigger salary that would kind of swap it out for Wes and then add some add some young pieces with it. And I just think if you're Toronto, being able to roll out Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Wesley Matthews, OG, and then Abaka, like that that five that that starting five right there, if I'm the Warriors, that's the starting five of the East I don't want to see. Yeah. Like if there's a starting five in the East that you even care about, that's the least one I want to see. So if I'm Toronto, your your window is two years. Like, your window right now, this is the first time in the LeBron, this new age Raptors team, that you think you actually have a shot because the Cavs are a mess. So the window Unless is open. the Bucks add DeAndre. <laughs> yeah, but even that, I'm not completely sold on that. But, like, your window's open now. It's them or Boston. They're the favorites. So if you're Toronto, you got to go – you got to push for it. And Valanciunas is not playing at the end of the playoffs. So, like – that's that was my method of thinking behind it. Mavericks wise, I mean, I don't even know if I'd do it if I'm the if yeah, Mavericks. I, and and I, if, I, we yeah. haven't gotten to that side yet, but I, I also don't really care for it as as a Mavericks fan. I I like it in the sense that you do get the pick, you know, that future pick that could be really really good because you got DeRozan's going to be getting older. He's he's going to age really well in the league, but 
You also have uh, Lowry that's going to be – he'll be done with his contract by then. Ibaka would definitely be out. So you just don't know what that team's going to look like. I mean, they have all these really interesting young bench players. Are they going to turn into, you know, ro- starters, rotation players? Like, I don't know what they're going to turn into full time. And then uh, – so that pick could be pretty good. It could be like a 17 – you know, 16, 17 pick. You get Bruno, who's still somehow two years away from being two years away. Do you know how old Bruno is? 22. Yeah, 22, which you still feel like the kid's 19. <laughs> yeah. But so – you get him. He's a, he. You know he would play for the legends, and it would be, kind of be interesting. And who knows if Coach Mack can turn him into you know something interesting. And then you have uh, you know Norman Powell, who could definitely play on this Mavericks team. They definitely need you know wings. So yeah, I'm seeing like I'm not even the biggest fan of Norman Powell because I mean he's like a wing, but he's like a smaller wing, so he's like a two. He's like six four. And, yeah, and so like I don't know, like it's just the which. For Carlisle, could be a four or a five. You know, if he's six four, I mean that <laughs> that's some size right there <laughs> compared to what that's, they're throwing out there right now. <laughs> that that is that is very true. <laughs> All right, let's move on from this. And uh, real quick before we get to the the big trade stuff, uh, Zach Harper has a podcast called Talk Hoops with Zach Harper, and he had Mark Followell on today. And it was really, really good stuff from Mark talking about, you know, all-star stuff and talking about his time with the Mavericks. Mark Follow has been with the Mavericks for 19 years. That's wild. That's so long. <laughs> like, from, you know, he's only been on the broadcast, I think, 13 of those 19. But still, like, man. Like, Follow does not seem like an old guy to me at all. He Like, if someone told me that Follow was 30, I would believe them. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like... Yeah. Gosh, it's just such a long time. Anyway, so he talked about, you know, Derek Harper's retirement, New Jersey retirement as well, and, you know, learned about that. And then he talked about when he was able to sit down with Dick Mata, the coach, you know, the guy that used to coach the Mavericks, and coach Derek Harper and coach, you know, Rolando Blackman and coach Brad Davis, and, and that he, he, he actually spoke at the, you know, Derek Harper retirement. We talked about him. He's the guy that said, you know, they asked me to be here and, you know, I would crawl here for Derek Harper and you know, all that stuff. So he told this story. Dick Mata was coaching. They had this timeout. They had this, uh, it was halftime during this game and they were losing. And the halftime show was this lady that had a monkey and a tiger that could make baskets that could like put the ball in the hoop. And so the they're doing this, you know, thing. She ends. There's still time left at halftime. Dick Mata was out there watching. He was like, he was just so interested. He was like, let me just watch this halftime and <laughs> show. And then, then I'll go talk to my team. So he's sitting out there watching. They, they, they finish. Dick Mata goes up to the lady and goes, you know, starts asking about the tiger. And he's like, is it a nice tiger? She goes, Oh yeah. You know, I can, you know, walk it around and stuff. And, so he goes, all right, come with me. He goes back to the locker room. He gives them this whole speech to the team. And then he goes, and if you guys don't rebound, I'm going to let this tiger eat you. And then he opens the door and lets the tiger in. What the heck? <laughs> if we ever get Derek Harper on the broadcast, we have to ask him about that. That is crazy. <laughs> I'd like to see their faces. Just like a tiger walking. <laughs> Can you imagine now? <laughs> Can you imagine Dirk's face and like I think Salo would be Salo would be fascinated. Oh, Den- like Dennis would be, would be like I think Dennis would be freaked out. Yeah, he would be. Oh my gosh, you let a tiger into the 
That's hilarious. Also, he mentioned this, that uh, for Rick Carlisle, he talked a lot about Rick Carlisle and stuff that he does with young players and, you know, rebounding for them and working on specific things. And he also said that this is the first time Rick Carlisle has coached a rookie lottery pick since his first year as a head coach with the Pistons. That was his hmm. first year ever as a head coach. Wow. And I think it was, I think he said it was Rick White. It's a new territory for him. Was the rookie. So that I thought that was also interesting, you know, everybody's learning in this situation. Everybody is still trying to figure out, you know, like Rick has never coached a lottery player like this. So at least a lottery rookie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it it's kind of new all around and I mean Rick's history with players uh, at each stop is, hasn't been the best, uh, but hopefully it's di- different with Dennis. And it has, I think it has been. I mean, for all intents and purposes, we had we had all of our doubts about Rick Carlisle with Dennis. I mean, we were talking before the draft when we did his profile. We were like, ah, his motor and all this stuff. We're not sure if he'd work with Carlisle. And I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. has proven us completely wrong. Now we weren't the experts on him. We were just kind of speculating from what we had heard, but. Yeah, and we're somewhat still speculating, too, that it looks great from the outside. I mean, we don't know. I mean, Dennis could be upset right now that he doesn't like how he's getting his rotation and his minutes and, you yeah, know, different I, stuff I, like I that. think we know enough, though. Like, I think he's open enough at this point that, I don't know. Yeah, we we can leave it at that and say it's great. I think it's good. It's good. It's not. It's not terrible. It's not Cavaliers bad. Like, he's not Isaiah Thomas right now. Yeah, we'll say it's good. So, um, all right, let's go ahead. Let's get to this Eddie Sefko piece that just dropped on uh, Sports Day, Dallas Morning News. It's called, they have the, the best longest titles of these articles. As the trade deadline nears, Mavs are being offered players and draft picks. Are the deals good enough to make them pounce? And this is really hilarious because Sports Day, you know, tweeted this story out with that headline you know being offered players and draft picks and eddie responds and says players yes draft picks not so much <laughs> <laughs> because you know he doesn't write these headlines like somebody else does yeah <laughs> it's kind of funny so all right here's some of the stuff that he mentioned we'll just go through it kind of line by line and we'll we'll discuss it the mavericks are being offered players solid veterans in some case but those offers are not carrying with them great incentives when it comes to draft picks, a league source said Wednesday night. One of the things offered is Jordan Clarkson, potentially packaged with Julius Randle. So, Isaac Harris, are you interested in Jordan Clarkson and Julius Randle together? I mean, here's the thing. Like, it, the way he's wording it is like a salary dump. And that... It's like in order to take Clarkson, here's Randall. And yeah, and I mean, and I think both players are good. (laughs) Like the debate comes to, you know, it just, it takes you out completely of your cap space. Yep. And because you have what's Clarkson number next year? 12 or 13? He's, I think he's at Uh, 12 flat the next couple years. Okay. So, you know, there's 12 next year. And then whatever you pay Randall, let's just say ten. I mean, there's twenty two million right there. I mean, that's your cap. Okay, let's and, let's talk about the Lou Williams thing real quick because th- this matters now that we're having this conversation. Okay. Lou Williams just signed his extension with the Clippers for three years, 
24 million. That comes out to 8 million a year. The third year, I think they said is a team option. Only so much of that is guaranteed. I don't really care so much about that, but that only 8 million a year for Lou Williams, who was one, probably one injured player away from being an all-star, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, he was three players removed from being an all-star that that's saying something. Yeah. Cause Paul George got in. Paul George then, got in, and then uh, who else got in for? There's one more player in the West that just recently got in. I can't remember. I can't remember either. So, uh, but yeah, so he—I mean, he was like one or two players removed from being an All Star. He was—he was that close, and he only gets eight million a year. Now, Lou Williams—he's been on a bunch of teams. You know, somehow kind of found his fit. But a guy like Julius Randle—is he going to get? that much more or more than Lou Williams is going to get? Yeah, I mean, that that's the question. I mean, I don't see him getting, you know, 15 to 20. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it I think it'll be around 10, 12 10, max. 12, yeah. I mean, but I mean, you we're just everything's going to seem so weird now because 2 years ago it blew us away. In 2016, and we're like, "Holy crap! Why are players like Biombo getting this amount of money?" And now Which, it's we said that at the time, and we still say that. Yeah, and <laughs> like now it's holy crap! Lou Williams is getting eight million a year. <laughs> like, yeah, Lou Williams is great. Like, I mean, he's a good player. So uh, I think we're just we're going to be really shocked of seeing some of these players' names being connected to these like mid-level. And like we're like, holy crap, he signed for the mid level and uh or whatever it is. So so it's weird thinking about it like that, but this is why I've beat the dead horse on this of cap space is different now, especially for the Mavericks. It's it's different than the past multiple years. There's not gonna be a lot of teams, just a cap space situation, it's it's completely different now than us striking out like before. And with that, you know, with these prices now and with us possibly having 20-something million in cap, like we could, I mean, there's a good possibility you could go out and get somebody, like a couple of these guys. And that would be kind of wild. The mid-level exception for non-taxpaying teams is 8.4 this wow. year. Next year they're thinking it's going to, they're projecting, real GMs projecting it, it's going to be like 8.6. So he signed for less than the mid-level. Essentially. So yeah, it's wild. Gosh. That yeah, that's I mean, I can't remember who said this today, but you, you do get less when you sign an extension a lot of times because you're getting the security for a player like that. Yeah. But still, because and and also teams aren't, you know, vying for your services and so they're not bidding against each other. But so that's interesting. I, I think I would take both of those players. You know, I, I don't know what you're gonna get this summer in cap space. It's gonna be worth like a flyer on 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 uh, Jordan Clarkson, who's a 25 year old guard. He can play point. He can play two. He can come off the bench. He's definitely a scorer off the bench. You know, I think him and Yogi could play well together coming off the bench. Uh, so that's an interesting guy. And then you get the first dibs on Julius Randle. You get to you know get a guy, and you're looking at a big man in the draft. Most likely. You're looking at Aiden, Bomba. You're looking at Jaron Jackson Jr., who we'll probably talk about the next couple of days. But you're looking at one of those Bagley. You know, you're looking at one of those guys. And pairing any of those guys basically with, with Randall and then Harrison Barnes is looks pretty good. So 
I would I would definitely be intrigued by that and wonder what they would want for that. Is this biased because it's the Lakers? Only in the sense that I've watched them, and so I know that they're not terrible. Like I know that Clarkson yeah. is not. I never he's not understood a the hate talent. with him. Like I know he doesn't play like defense, but like yeah, I, he doesn't. <laughs> and I don't watch a ton of Lakers games, but it seems like every time I watch him, he's just a solid like twenty points. Yeah. And I'm like, he had a he had a down year last year, and Lakers fans were all out on him. But we we've already talked about how Lakers fans move on way too fast with guys. <laughs> you know, they're like already yeah. out on him. But but he definitely redeemed himself this year. Uh, he's found himself as that six man role. I think that'd just be perfect for him. Randall has really found his role is a backup five. I think he could be starting four and then play your backup five in, you know, in other in other moments. So you start Randall and Dirk. You play Dirk for like four minutes and then you sit him down next year, and then you you bring in four minutes. Well, to start the game, and then you then you yeah. bring in your rookie center and play them together, or play you know Barnes at the four and Randall at the five. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean. That one's tough. Like, it, and when I, my initial reaction is, yeah, do it. Like, Clarkson, Randall, do it. Um, but then again, man, it's just, it's so hard. I'm just, I'm in that cap space camp. And unless we're going to send a contract out, I, I'm not for sure. I'm on the fence with that one. If I can be on the fence, that's one I'm really on the fence about. Here's another reason why, why I think they should do it. I'm not sure who they're going to get with that cap space. And also, I think Followell follow said this on the on the podcast with Zach Harper. By the way, everybody listen to that podcast. It's uh, Talk Hoops with Zach Harper. So he said Dallas, especially Rick Carlisle, and and he also said Mavs fans as well. And if you guys agree with this, I you know I definitely do. That Dallas has prided is you know has been proud over the fact that they take on reclamation projects and they succeed in lots of them that they bring players in that are, you know, nothing somewhere else. He mentioned Al Farouk and Minu, you know, Ray Felton was kind of like this, bring in guys that other teams kind of discarded and they bring them in and they become something, you know, better than what they were when, when they got there. I think this is one of the reasons why they're doing so well with undrafted players. You get a guy that's coming at it, you know, it's down kind of down on his luck, didn't get drafted and he has something to prove. You bring him in and Dallas is really well with those guys. If you hear all this talk about, you know, Jordan Clarkson getting traded, Jordan Clarkson getting traded, he's he's definitely reading Twitter and he's definitely reading the, his, you know, his mentions and all this stuff. Like he's reading that stuff. You bring that guy in, I think Carlisle could turn him into something really good. And you're getting him for 12 million, Randall the same thing. Yeah, I think he'd be a great like six man type of guy, instant offense. That's gosh, we need instant offense so bad this year. Yeah. And I mean, what you would be getting at Clarkson is kind of what we would we thought Seth was going to be. Yeah, that's and, sad. Yeah, that's true. And he's and, three or four years younger. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I also, think you could convince me into doing that. Also, think about these are the coaches that they've played for. Oh crap! Byron Here Scott. Start with Calipari for Randall. Yeah, Calipari, Byron Scott, <laughs> uh, Clarkson played for Missouri. With Jabari Brown, I don't, I don't remember who their coach was, but so uh, they've played for Byron Scott, <laughs> and now the, and they've played for Luke Walton. And say what you oh, want about Luke Walton, I, I, coach of the year, Byron Scott, super young, super young coach coming in. His kind of only success was you know babysitting that Warriors team. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, you know you just don't know what kind of coach, what kind of coaching you got from Luke Walton, but you're you know Byron Scott definitely not great track record. 
late in his thing. So Rick Carlisle would definitely be the best coach they've ever played for. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you could convince me into that deal. Did I though? I'm still on the fence. Also, we sure. have we haven't said one thing that they would send out. We just, we just said who, who they take. Well, I for. think it, I, well the way he the the purpose of the article is talking about Dallas, and this is when I wrote that piece. I guess a month ago about saying the one big question for the Mavericks going to the deadline is, will you sacrifice future cap space? Not just this year, future yeah. cap space for an asset. And that was kind of what Eddie's getting at right now saying that, you know, he tweeted out today or tonight saying, this is where Dallas is at right now. They're at a standstill. They're weighing their options. And if you could pull up that tweet, I wish I had it. Because he even said, he mentioned about they're weighing the options of absorbing cap space for even the price of like second round picks. And and then he came out that, he said details coming, came out that piece. And yeah, so I, have, the, I have more quotes from the piece that we'll talk about. Okay, so the basis of the piece is taking on these contracts with assets. So in that case, like it seems like he's like, pitching out there the idea of like we would take on Clarkson for the price of Randall. And so in that case, I don't probably wouldn't even say yeah, in that case, in that case, you're, it sounds like you're sending like Mick Roberts. <laughs> yeah. Mick Roberts in a second or something. something that, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Continuing on with this article, he, he mentions J.R. Smith and he also on Twitter, he tweeted this out before the article even posted. And it made me think when he tweeted, it, it made me think that, okay, he knows something. And then when the article came out, I was like, oh, he definitely knows something. The tweet was, question for MFFLs. Would you take on J.R. Smith's huge salary for next year and partial guarantee for 2019-20 to get Cleveland's first-round pick this year? I didn't think so. Story coming. (laughs) No, I wouldn't do it. That one's interesting to me. You get So you get the pick. It's going to be like 24-25, something like that. His salary is like $13, $14 million next year, then the partial guarantee in the year after that. Your cap space is kind of done with at that point. You have, what do you have, like $6 million after that in cap space? Yeah, that wouldn't do it. It's kind of nothing. Can you imagine J.R. Smith in Dallas? No. I can't at all. No, that would be hard. Can you imagine him and Wes Matthews sharing a locker room? Oh God! Next, all right. He also mentions uh, other teams that are interested. <laughs> he mentions other teams that are interested in uh, sending players, kind of uh, sending salaries to Dallas, New Orleans. He mentions Alexis Agensa, who was mentioned in the uh, the New Orleans trade that they were going to send West to New Orleans for Agensa and Omer Ashik. I don't know what New Orleans could send with Agensa. Like I, just don't, I don't know. Man. I don't know what they would be able to send, but <laughs> nothing I would want. He he also mentions from Denver, Daryl Arthur and Moutier. How if if taking on Arthur meant getting Moutier, I would do it. Okay, explain explain and your I, thing with Moutier because a lot of people are down on him, but there's a specific reason why you want him. I just, I just, it's kind of like somebody at the Ringer thinks this way too. Maybe Bill, but top eight picks that are still in the rookie contract, I'm all about taking a flyer on. Same thing goes with Mario Hazonia. Uh, like, some people are out on them. I would take a flyer on him. I know, for a fact, one guy on the coaching staff in Dallas loves Moutier. So, um, he he would – that was his guy. So, 
That, I mean. He was part of drafting him, too. He was. I mean, Melvin Hunt. Like, I mean, I've made our relationship known before in pieces and stuff. I mean, Melvin was Melvin was a part of this thing, and we talked about it on record. Like, he led that charge of Moutier was his guy in the draft. He was he thought he was going to be the head coach of the Nuggets and took him and had this whole plan to develop him and all this stuff. And Melvin also, you know, obviously got replaced by Michael Malone. And But, yeah, I mean, he has ties here to Dallas. Does he fit, you know, with Dennis? I don't know. But, like, could he be a, a long-term piece, like, off the bench, like, next year? Let's see. I mean, it's just – if he is the, like, price of taking on a smaller contract like Arthur – I would take him in a heartbeat. Heck, you develop him, turn him into like a Devin Harris type, and trade him next year. Like, if you could get Moutier and Randall, that's like all the Dallas players. Like, <laughs> that's the two yeah. re- most recent bring, guys that were really good coming out of Dallas. Bring Bosch out of retirement. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, man, I wish Chris Bosch was still playing. Yeah, man, he's a what if like a what if type player. I, I liked watching him play. He was one of the only like members of that Heat team I actually liked. It was hard not to like Bosch. Yeah. So, oh, by the way, I think, no, you didn't say this to me. Uh, one of my friends, Josh, texted me today and said that uh, he thinks a comparison for Bagley, Marvin Bagley, at Duke is uh, Chris Bosch in Toronto. Hmm. I think we talked about this on the pod. I'm like, I really like that. Yeah. We oh, talked dude. about Bosch and Bagley in the pod. Shout out to Josh Dak, the fan phenom. Okay, he also said, Eddie Sefko also said in this article, the Mavericks have found that there is a market for Salah Mejri, who will be a restricted free agent this summer, but teams are not offering more than a very low second-round draft pick. What do you think about a very low second-round draft pick for Salah? No. Because Dallas doesn't do anything with second-round draft picks anyway. Exactly, and we can... Why? No. Not I mean, a, if not if it's like if it's a high second, yeah, I'd do it. And like we love Salah, but not a low. I don't, I don't care about that. That doesn't do anything. Who cares? We, yeah. we I mean, we got we just listed last pod the all of our young like smaller pieces we're developing right now. And Maxi, Yogi, Motley, for you know, Forian Smith, Dorian, Vinny Smith, Forian, Forian, Denny, Forian, Denny, Dan. Welcome to Forian, Denny Nith. Um. No, like, I mean, all those guys are undrafted. We just created, so. like, a World of Warcraft, like, area. <laughs> all right, no, so I, we're not in, we're not interested in that. Uh, he also talked to Cuban in this, gave, gave us some Cuban quotes. He said, Cuban said, leading up to the final hours of the trading season, that the Mavericks value the players they have and weren't going to jettison them like they were rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. I think this is a really good point because – we love trades, you and I, Isaac, and we mm-hmm. love looking at trades, and we have given you guys so many fake trades, and we, that's why we've been doing this deadline dash. We keep, you know, we coming up with fake trades. We love it. We love the trade machine. I love all that, but at the end of the day, if you're just rearranging deck chairs, it just doesn't really do you any good unless you're like, getting actually something good out of it. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're rearranging deck chairs, yes. But if you're bringing in a sofa that could be really great in two years, or like a really then, nice end table that like is beaten up, but if you clean yes. it up a little bit, put some work into it, it could be something. Because you already have like your like your like L shaped couch is like awesome. But if you could bring in like an end table, uh, at the end they, of the couch. they have an ottoman. They have a nice ottoman. Let's 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 slow down on the L shaped couch. <laughs> the L shaped couch is like a max player that could be worth the the. 
the uh, supermax contract. Let's let's okay, let's slow down. True. You know, that's true. They got a nice so. rock. They got a nice rocking chair sitting in the corner. That's Dirk. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't think they need to like reshuffle. Like Cleveland needs to just shuffle their deck. Yeah, with they chairs. definitely need to <laughs> change the deck chairs. But we're trying to trade out chairs for some potential, and we'll see. We're changing out chairs for pogo sticks is what we're doing. <laughs> All right, he also gave another Cuban quote. He said, as the Mavs rebuild, the decision process isn't just about talent, Cuban said. It's about culture, chemistry, effort, who the player is on, who the player is off the court and in the community. So basically, J.R. Smith, not going to happen. No. Chemistry no. and effort, those are two big words, buzzwords, I think, that... He co- also made... Well, he mentioned J.R. Smith that would it be in the piece. He said, you know, it, he thinks it would be... It would have to have Cleveland's pick attached, if not two first-round picks attached <laughs> to take on J.R. Smith. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Cleveland would give up two just to shed J.R., but... Yeah. When he's I think at, I would do it then. He's at least a usable player. Like he's, you know, he's not like Joakim Noah. You know, he's not. He's not. Yeah, that level. I don't. I actually don't think Dallas. If they traded for Jr., they would keep him. No, I think they would try to flip him so quick to a fringe playoff team or something. Like call up, I don't know, Portland and say, "Here you go, him for Harkless or something." Or yeah. Uh, another thing he said, all are so all those things: culture, chemistry, effort, who the player is off the court. All are of huge importance to Donnie Nelson, Rick Carlisle, Michael Finley, and I. They play a critical role in helping to develop young players as we rebuild. We won't make deals just to make deals. We will make trades that we feel are necessary to put us back on the championship path. And then Eddie finished the article by saying what Isaac was saying earlier. Sometimes the best course of action is no action at all. And that remains where the smart money is on the Mavericks. But until the deadline passes, anything remains possible. That is not what I wanted to hear at the end of this piece. Because <laughs> I like trades. Yeah, I mean, we've been saying all along that, you know, for the fun of it, for really everything, like, let's get, let's do something, you know. Um, I thought the very least that Salah would be moved for something like a high second or something, um, or like a flyer. And then, but the West, the West stuff, you know, that was real. It is real that the the shopping of that and just knowing where that came from and like that, but it's just their asking price and it just comes down to like Eddie. You know, Eddie's one of those reliable guys that you know you trust with news like that. Of what is will Dallas? What contract is worth bringing on, and what asset was would make a contract like that? They, they, he also definitely didn't lay out all the stuff that's been going on behind the scenes. There's definitely, there's definitely more stuff. So this is just the stuff that we, that we know of. And also it is real quiet around the league too. If you read hoops hype and you're reading some of these pieces and you're reading like who's available, the only things that I've really heard are like Tyreek Evans, Rodney hood. Like there's just really not a ton of talk right now. And it seems a little too quiet for me. And I think that it could just explode. I think it could explode, but then I think it could go quiet just because the cap thing. But I love the Warriors. I don't mind what the Warriors are doing. I feel like I'm in the minority of that people yeah. really hate the Warriors and stuff. But like, but but when it comes to the deadline, I I hate it for the league because if you're just some of these teams, like it's just not worth it. Like 
you know the Warriors are up there, the Rockets behind them, Thunder behind them, but like if you're some of these other teams who like you there's no win now. Like you're not gonna win now, no matter what you do. So because the top is so top heavy. Uh, maybe if you're in the East, you know, and you're pushing for something like that. And like the Detroit thing, like when you read all the business aspect of their new arena and like they need seats, they need people in their seats. Like it's just, there's a whole business out of it that we've talked about on the pod before from ticket sales and everything that comes with tanking and like you need to profit and it's just a crazy amount with that. But like Detroit needed to make the Blake Griffin trade. Like I don't care that they made that trade. You'd make it, you make that trade. And now they've won five or six in a row. You know the fan base in Detroit's getting excited right now. Like they've they have fun basketball right now, and whatever you deal with the long term in the long term. But so yeah, I mean, I, it's gonna be. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I mean, we're definitely gonna see some deals, man. I mean, Evans, Bellinelli, these guys are getting held out. Like they've been told they're getting traded. Yeah, I think it's just you're seeing. I think everybody's just waiting. The Lou Williams, I think that was a shoe to drop. And now, people now the offers are probably getting you know upped for Tyreek Evans, and I think just a lot of teams are standing pat, saying they're standing pat with a lot of things on the table, seeing if one side will blink and off offer a little bit more. And Dallas could be in that same boat. Like Dallas's phone is blowing off the hook because they're one of the teams that has salary cap, and to facilitate a lot of these things, and so many teams want to have cap that. You know, they're calling Dallas and saying, hey, like, take this. <laughs> what will it take for you to take a contract for us so we can open up some type of cap space? And I would just like Dallas to try to get their hands on somebody, some type of piece outside of a second round pick for the future. And that's why, you know, we talk about a couple guys. We could just do that now if you want. Yeah, like, let's a couple end, guys. Let's end the pod talking about guys we want to see on the Mavericks. Guys, we'd want to see. You know, I tweeted out today. You know, I didn't even say anything Dallas related. I said, "Man, I'm really, really intrigued with where Rodney Hood goes. I'm a believer in him. I think he can be good." And you know, Jeff Skin Wade, um, with I don't. What do you say he's from? Mavericks. One hundred five three the South. fan, and he's on the Fox Sports Southwest broadcast as well. Okay, and so like you know, he replied and he said, "I've heard, not read, that it would take a first to get Rodney Hood." And you know, so stuff like that. Like, would you would you give up? Would you give up a top ten protected 2019 first for Hood? Does it like roll over and convey in other years? <laughs> yeah, and then like next year, and the year after that, it'd be like top five or something. Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't know. I don't think Hood's so. gonna be a restricted free agent. So like, would would yeah. you like the pairing that, of that's him the reason long? why I wouldn't do it? I think. I think I would do it. Um, you're pairing him alongside Dennis Smith Jr., something like that. Skin Wade also said that would be his number one target in, in that reply, too, and he, he likes him, too. So, like, you know, it's just a guy like that. Like, I don't we don't think Jabari's getting traded, probably not Aaron Gordon. Um, it's just a younger guy like that that I would love to. Like, I, it's not as bigger a name, but like Willie Hernan Gomez was a guy I, re- I would really like to get, got got my hands on. But um, cool, he's going to the freaking that trade. Make, that trade makes no sense for the Hornets. I don't get it at all. But they have know, like so they, eight like, power forwards right now. Yeah, so like he's off the table. Um, do you have a young guy that you would want to see on the Mavericks tomorrow? Yeah, I have a couple guys. Uh, Terrence Ferguson is a guy from the Thunder. Like okay. they they need to make a win now move and. The, uh, they were talking on the Ringer show today about 
Avery Bradley potentially going to uh, I, the Thunder. I think they would be better. With yeah. Him oh, de- oh, Roberson. Oh, definitely, definitely. Roberson, and uh, and so if Dallas can get in there and take on some contracts from either side, and then you know get Terrence Ferguson in that mix, you know I I don't know if that's I don't know what else the Thunder could offer the Clippers, but that's a guy I'm, I'm interested in. Hazonia, I think, is still a guy that I'm interested in. Uh, not sure if that that uh, that group down in Orlando is sold on him, but he's had some good games. And then, uh, oh, Malachi Richardson, another guy I'm just kind of interested in. Uh, just any of these yeah. kind of wing dudes I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about. And then my last guy, and I'll, I'll end with this, unless you want to name another guy. Uh, I mean, I like I wouldn't mind getting my hands on like Scal. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Scal would be great. Yeah. I mean, I know Scal's name's been been thrown out there here and there. I like uh, a, I, mean, I like a Scal Dwight Powell Biggs coming off the bench. Yeah, that would be kind of fun. I think Scal's that's still, still super young. So yeah. Um, I mean, we've talked about him ton, but like Randall, I like. <laughs> I would like to. <laughs> I think we'd be happy if we got. Yes, if we got I would our hands be. On yes. Randall. And somebody like that we've talked about the talk about Golden State, you know, trying to pursue a bench player. But like even today, I felt like where did I see it today? It might have been on the jump. I got to watch the jump today. Shout out to you. I was I was thinking of you when I watched it. I haven't watched the jump in like I don't even know if I've ever watched it. And it's a I great show. It. I I try to watch that show every day. I know you love it, so that's why I thought about it today. But I think they Trace McGrady there. though. That guy should that guy if he ever wanted to get in an NBA front office, he has talked his way out of that for sure. He cracks me up. But like they <laughs> I think they they're the ones that mentioned that like Pat McCall is taking like a step back this year and so if you this is something we'll definitely talk about in the future, but Pat McCall today did something I haven't seen any player do. He is in the rotation for the Warriors. He is, you know, a guy that they're kind of relying on. He played in the finals last year. Like he played yeah. like double digit minutes in in finals games last year as a rookie. He comes he comes back to the team. He's, you know, supposed to take this next leap. He is having a down year. He's not, you know, he hasn't jumped up as much sophomore slump kind of deal. He asked Steve Kerr to be sent down to the G League so he could get some consistent run, so that he could get some minutes, so that he could get some, you know, tune-up time. He said so that I can get my so I can get in shape, so I can you know put some shots up and all this stuff. That is fascinating to me, and I that's one thing you know for the Mavericks. I hope that players would would do that and say, hey, I'm not getting consistent run. Like if Nerlens wasn't injured and he wasn't getting any run, this is something I would hope that he would do. Be like, hey, can I just play for the Legends? Like, can I just go and play some basketball down there for him? Now yeah. it's a completely different situation, but anyway, that's just something interesting that I saw today on that. Yeah, you never see that, man. No, that's yeah, cool. It's cool that he's willing to do that. So, uh, hey Pat, you can come to Dallas and probably yep. not. Yeah, we got uh, the the legends are closer than I think the uh, the Warriors G League team. So, <laughs> the last guy that I, I'm interested in wanting to see on the Mavericks after the trade deadline, Jonathan Motley. Just bring him up, free Motley. Bring him up. Bring him up. You don't have to trade anything. You don't have to give up any assets for him. You just bring him up. He's under team control. <laughs> just yeah, bring him up. I want to see him on the team. And that's that's what I wanted, you know, to encourage Mavs fans with. Like, I think Motley's definitely going to get some run. He wants run so bad. He posted a thing on on Instagram, a picture of himself that just said "loading," mm-hmm. and we know what loading means. Of him just sitting there. Oh no, he's going to get sent to the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> him and D'Angelo Russell. He re- he retweeted something on Twitter and was like, "Give this guy more minutes or something." Like he wants to play so bad. We know Dennis wants him to play. 
So like, and that's why I say like, I feel like you've heard me say this a thousand times. Don't be surprised if Dallas doesn't trade one of their bigs and we see multiple buyouts after the deadline. And it's not something we want to hear, but like McRoberts and Nerlens, I wrote about it like two weeks ago. Those are two prime guys to be bought out after the deadline. And just say if, if not, don't be surprised. You heard yeah, it from me. I, I, I don't know why. I'm just so aggra- aggravated by the Nerlens thing. Like, we talked about it so much, but can't they just, like, figure it out? Can't they just sit down and figure it out and play the guy and at least, you know, like, that is a, that is an asset and that is a young player that is at a position of great need for your team that you can't just play and try to figure out. It, it's baffling to me, and I will never understand it. It's a situation, and we can leave it with this. Last year, NBA trade deadline, we saw Nerland's no outcome to Dallas. We were all hyped about it. I remember I was driving. I remember we I got the notification, and I had my phone like on this little stand, you know, like on my dashboard or on my CD player or something. And I just all of a sudden see Woj, and it's like Nerland's Noel. And I'm like, holy crap. And I'm like, we have to go home right now. And my wife is like, why are we going home right now? I'm like, we have to. I have to get on this. And I was so yeah. excited because that was a guy that I definitely wanted to target. Was it 51 weeks ago? Um, I'm actually writing a piece on it. It'll come out in the next couple of days. Just, It's not going to be a fun one for us all to read. But uh, now, wasn't it? It would have been 50 weeks ago because the they moved it up. Yeah, I thought they only moved it up like a week, though. Isn't All-Star in two weeks? No, All-Star's next weekend. Wow. No, it's not. There's no way. That's so crazy. All-Star weekend's 15th and 16th and 17th. Also, shout out to the uh, Winter Olympics. Yeah, this week. I mean, o- tonight. Opening ceremonies on Friday. Yeah, super. Uh, is it Friday or Thursday? I was thinking Thursday for some reason. I think some things start on Thursday. It's so dumb. You shouldn't start okay. until the opening ceremonies. Yeah, I'm excited for it. It, I, I mean, I'm more excited for the Summer Olympics, but I like those better. Super pump for da 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 World Cup, baby. Let's go this so the, summer. The All Star Weekend is next weekend. the The game is is on uh, February 18th. Yeah, so it's like 11 yep. days away. So it's yeah. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a full. I mean, I would say full, but it's not really because we don't have anybody in the All Star game. But like Friday night, we get. Uh, Dennis and the Rising Stars game. Um, Saturday, those jerseys, get... those jerseys are hideous. For the, the Rising, Rising Stars, Stars game, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's like one of them's orange and one of them is baby blue. Like they're gonna look so ugly on the court together. Saturday night, obviously, dunk contest with Dennis, and Sunday's the All Star game. Also, go to uh, go to Mavericks.com. Uh, the team site, they're doing a really cool thing to where you can vote. Um, you can vote for like Dennis's best dunk this year. And it's kind of, they have like a kind of a bracket format. You can vote which one you like and which one's your favorite and stuff like that. So make sure you go do that. Oh, so these jerseys, the Rising Stars jerseys, they have a, the blue one is for the Minneapolis Lakers. And then yeah. the orange one is for the Buffalo Braves, which used to be the Clippers. the Clippers. And so they're kind of honoring both teams. It's going to look dumb, but. It looks absolutely stupid. At least, it, like at the, least it was for a reason. They didn't think that it would actually look good together. Who's your favorite person announced in the NBA in All Star Celebrity Game? Oh, uh, a sneaky one is a uh, B dot A dot 
Brandon Armstrong, the guy that does yes. the impressions, because he's actually a basketball player. I also love that uh, Tracy McGrady is on there as a player coach, because you know that dude's going to drop, you know, whatever. Nate Robinson. That's, yeah. That's interesting. What the B dot dude is, you know, he's going to do impressions during the game, and it's going to be awesome. Oh, that'd be so great. I'm so excited. But, okay, uh, we're going to talk about this at some point, but today I had an idea. Get rid uh, of get rid of the celebrity game because there's not really okay. that many celebrities in it. You know, like I tweeted out the Bubba the, Watson. I tweeted out the rosters today, and somebody was like, "Celebrity?" Question mark. And uh, get rid of the celebrity game. Make it a big three tournament. The big three, tur- like the big three league. You get three on three. Oh, like you get two, two games going at once. You get all these guys. You get like Pierce, Tracy McGrady. Those are the guys people are really excited about seeing. We want to see these guys. Like take the nostalgia, bring it to the All Star Weekend. You get all those guys there for that weekend. You get the Nate Robinsons. You get the Chauncey yeah. Billupses. Get all those guys. The Deshaun Stevensons. Get all that. Do a tournament. You can have two games going at once. One on ESPN one. One on ESPN two. You get that going, and then you finally have a, you have a finale. It takes like two hours or something like that because you just play to eleven. That would be very intriguing. I actually like that a lot. Yeah, that's what they should do. The the big three gets all the publicity, and then the All Star Weekend gets the the boost of all the older players coming back. Imagine like so everybody's gonna go to All Star Weekend. You imagine all the podcasts and all the interviews and all the stories that could be done when all those dudes are in the same spot. Oh my gosh, that would be so great. I'm in on that. There'd almost be fights. Deshaun going after LeBron. Stop. No, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> That'd be so great. That'd be so great, though. <laughs> I would love that. That'd be uh, like a week of content for us. <laughs> <laughs> it really would be. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. The trade deadline's upon us. This podcast might be rendered useless by the time you're getting to it, but uh, we really appreciate you guys listening to the uh, deadline dash. Tomorrow we're doing... Uh, a podcast probably I don't know whenever we can get to it. Recap in the day. It'll be during the it'll be during the day. We'll drop this it is in the what, middle 13 of the day. in a row? Fourteen in a row? I think this is our fourteenth in a row and tomorrow will be fifteen. That's insane. Uh guys, you're not gonna get anything over the weekend. So. <laughs> we'll probably take Friday off too. <laughs> Just giving you a heads up. But yeah, we'll get uh, we'll get you a podcast uh, tomorrow evening, tomorrow night recap in the day hopefully we have something mavericks related to talk about um if not we'll still talk about the deadline we'll talk give a mini preview of the rest of the season and uh maybe some things that could happen Uh, we saw some decent things happen after the deadline last year i mean we saw ligands (laughs) is one thing tony romo We saw Liggins. Liggins is one game with seven steals. No, I was trying to think of things that happened after a deadline. Um, but I'll tease something. I talked to a, a Maverick player today and uh, that had played for the Mavericks at some point this season. And hopefully I'll have something over the next week about that. That was the vaguest thing you've ever said. No, I was just trying to like, hey, tease something. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of other things that happened after the All-Star break last year for the Mavericks. Tony Romo, Nick, shut up. No, oh, we had okay. I thought you were saying Liggins and Tony Romo like they were connected. Yeah, Tony uh, no, Romo I mean, happened. It feels like it happened because the Nerlens thing. And that that's why I like not for us to keep on going, but like that's why I like last year, you know, the Mavericks won 33 games, but yet we had this like burst of energy. We had this like jolt uh, that we were all you know, like made, you know, everybody, you know, 
what's the right word I'm trying to think of? Like it, it made us come back to life. Yeah. It rejuvenated us because we're like, Oh my gosh, such a dead season. And then Nerlens comes in and it's like, Oh, this is so cool. And it gave us something to be excited about, to write about, to talk about for everyone to talk about the future and stuff. So that's why it'd be really cool if they did something, maybe not super massive, but they at least got something for us to be like, if they got Randall, for a decent price, people would be really excited. Like yeah. it would give another jolt of energy to the fan base, and it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult if they set Pat, you know, set Pat, and a lot of fans are gonna be uh, or do like very- the Josh McRoberts for AJ Hammond's deal again, like something like that. Oh gosh, oh gosh, no. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening to the uh, Deadline Dash. I know there are people out there that listen to all of them, so shout out to you guys. You're yeah, the- give us a shout out. Like, write write us somewhere. DM us, tweet at us or something. If you've listened to every single one of these the past 14 Two days, weeks, yeah. You've listened to our voices every day. I want to hear from you. Every day. We appreciate it. Guys, thank you so much. Peace out. Boom.